Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fab Four Free For All. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. You didn't say exciting. Well, the excitement will depend on you. Wow, the listener. That, oh, I thought you were putting on me. That's, that's pressure. <laughs> that's pressure. The only point, <laughs> the only point of you. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not worried about me. Yeah, well, you know, he knows yeah. that you're good. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's a slacker. <laughs> slacker. I am. Um, but no, it, this is the second time that we are uh, doing this on the show, and we promised we what would we do it again when we first did it. I'm getting to that. Oh, we, are, we are going to be answering listener questions. Yay. We put some posts up asking listeners to reach out to us with questions, and that is what we're going to be hearing and addressing on today's episode of Fab Four Free For All. We had fun doing it the first time. I, I love, think I um, love these shows. Yeah. And I think this will be a running tradition. And yes, people will be running, running from, from them <laughs> all the time. Running from these shows. Oh, Traditionally, no, not again. It'll be the tradition, like running with the bulls. There you this go. is running right. from our show. So as we did last time... I have a disc with all of the questions on them, and we're going to be uh, randomly picking numbers, and I will play the question, and the guys will answer Yay. the question. Hopefully. To the best of our abilities. Yeah, it's not too good. There you go. So let's begin uh, this fine, and, and the truth is, I have no idea what sequence they're in. I've yeah, heard all fine. the questions. You guys have not heard the questions. We don't, ah. we don't even hear you. So yeah, they don't even hear me. So yeah, no matter what I say, they never hear me. That's anyway. very true. What? But I'm going to go to my immediate right to Mr. Rob. Because people could see that. Well, that's why it I'm is. telling it's, them where he is. He is. That's so why I said immediately Making right. it visual. Anyway. I picked number 15. Number 15. Oh, 15. Go, Bob. Go. Sorry, it sounds like a game show. Hi, guys. This is Andrew Chess from Cayucos, California. And my question is, with the state of Paul's voice these days, do you think he should give up touring? Oh. <laughs> Andrew, Uh-oh. Andrew, Andrew. Uh-oh. This is not the way to start a show. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I'm going to be Richard Buskin right now. Uh-oh. Come on. Uh-oh. But that Andrew, was Rob called that when that's our first out. question. Andrew's last name is Chess, and this is a pawn. Yes, this is three-level chess. This is three-level oh, chess. This is strategic. My oh, my God. Goodness. Um, Go ahead. Do you want to take it? I'll, I'll start um, because it was funny. You know, you're going to mention Buskin. I I talked to Al Sussman. He wrote a nice article about this in Beetle Fan, and it depends on the day with Paul. Now we I didn't go see him on last tour. We did say that earlier. Off um, I didn't go see him on the last tour because I had seen some stuff on YouTube where it wasn't his good. voice is not even what it was the last time I saw him, which right. was already starting to get a little harsh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Paul is going to stop unless people stop coming, and that's not going to happen. No, there's people, too many sick of fans. The, well, there's and, also and fans. It's not, yeah, there's it's fans. not just sick. But I'm there's sorry, also a lot fans. of people who I apologize. will go see Paul because he's Paul McCartney. Right. They maybe never seen him before. They say, "Well, I got to see Paul before he dies or something." Sure, they want to um, have the experience, and and they're going to forgive right the, the and, voice and because the, yeah because he does have. The other band member singing with him and covers up a lot of it if you if you're paying attention. And he's got yeah. a bit of a catalog. And you know, you know, he still sounds great playing wise. For a guy who's he doesn't stop, he doesn't take any water, his playing maybe is, he should though. Maybe, maybe hmm. he should. Should he step down? I don't know. Depending on my day, I, uh, I, mean, I hate to say that because I've used that a lot of times recently. Okay, let's. I'm going to take our caller's question. I'm going to. St- 
Should he scale back his tours? Well, he said, should he stop touring? All right, but I'm going to... I'm going to turn that around. Let's not say, should he stop? Should he scale back his touring? You see, the problem is, if he scales back and has that couple of bad shows in a row, but he's only, he's not working out his voice, which sometimes, like in the 89 tour, when he first came around, he he couldn't hit, you know, maybe I'm amazed and jet. And it was like, what what happened to him? And then I saw him in 90 when he came back and he'd worked his voice back. And that happens. With Paul now, for example, you saw Paul the night before at Irving Plaza, right? When Paul McCartney played on Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary, he had not sung in a long time, right? And you, that was a great show. You said it was a great show. The next night on SNL, his voice was all over the place. No, it wasn't anywhere. You just gave me my where my response to the question was going to go. So, so sometimes if you're playing, you sometimes need that couple of shows to get your voice going or your playing going. Um, I don't think at this age, I don't necessarily know if that applies for Paul. Maybe. And it doesn't matter. Should he stop? No, that Paul was not going to do that. Uh, but there's two sides yeah, to this There's a corner. difference between Paul's not going to do no, that, that and should Paul well, do that? Well, that's true. That's true. That's a that, big that, difference. That's true. Should Paul do it? No. I'm going to say no. But there are two things that bother me a little bit. I don't want him to turn into Frank Sinatra where Frank at the end was... <laughs> You know, that's lost. why the lady yeah, is a, a shoe. shoe. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want that. But I wish could have been called the shoes. <laughs> what what I Why'd wish I he say? would what I wish he would do is I wish he would call his friend Billy Joel and find out what happened to Billy's voice because Billy's voice alcohol. No, no, <laughs> Bill, no. Billy's voice is in much better shape than when it was five years ago. Whatever happened, his voice. Oh. Now maybe he dropped the key, and maybe Paul hasn't done that. He hasn't really been dropping keys, um, Billy. but. Well, he knows last time I saw Billy, nice. last time I saw Billy, which was was at the Coliseum, the closing show, he sounded much better than the previous time I'd seen him. Yes. So yes. I would love to know what Billy did, or if he did anything. I don't even know. So go ahead. I, that, two things. I thought you were going to say something else that was going to lead me, but go ahead. <laughs> we'll talk. Two thoughts okay. for me. Should he give up touring? No, not necessarily. Two things should happen. Stop being so hot and horny about the idea that you do three and a half hour shows. Right. Paul, I love you. You're ten years old you're eight years older than Bruce Springsteen. Eight, nine, whatever he is. He does years older than Bruce two hours and forty five minutes. He do two hours and forty five minute shows. Stop it. No one, no one is gonna slight you, hate you, get mad at you if you bring in a cool opening act, which you are perfectly capable of doing. Yes, that's and true. Do, he did that one year. And do a, a hundred minute did show. You bring in the stripes? Or, or a 95-minute show. I forgot about that. But the truth is, do do a shorter show, do a scale-down show. show. And here's the, you not can't. even, it's not true. even. And here's the other thing. No, don't say he can't. There's no reason why he can't. None. Not at the ticket None prices at all. he's charging. Not at the ticket price he's charging, but that's the other catch, too. Cut the damn overdoing it with effects and this and lighting. and this. You are Paul Ethan McCartney. Show up, do like seven shows over 14 days at the Beacon Theater, cut the damn lighting, cut the damn I, I films, agree with that. Just, cut the just, explosions, come out with the band, have Tom Petty open or somebody open, or you want to do a stadium show, do Billy Joel opening and do a, a face-to-face type thing. Mm. Get Elvis Costello My, to open. That would be a great thing, too. Do, the, ha, the problem you, is, and this is the problem that Paul would have, if you're going to cut it down to a two-hour show... What do you do? 
what songs do you that do? You just see what you just did? But what do you, do you do? You cha- you stop being Paul McCartney. If you're doing an hour and a Paul half. McCartney. No, but you're not following me. If you're doing an hour and a half, guess what else happens? You now have a different set list every night. Well, of course. Because the band can rehearse 42 songs, and now you don't you have to do that. And right. if you're not doing the effects with everything and in the back, you, right. then you don't have to worry about this syncing with that. McCartney I, can turn around and I, yell to the band, you know what? I'm hey, feeling dude, jet right, right, right now. All right. Bang. I'm feeling 1985. Right. So, so the truth is, get out of your own way. I, I mean, I love him. Don't get me wrong, think, but I it's the reason right. why I've stopped going. Get out of your own way. Get out stop, of my way. Right. No, but stop being so my Paul way. McCartney. <laughs> the fixed set list, the yelling the same thing at every the same show. same speak. The same the speech. Foxy lady. Stop it. We, we love you. And that's the point, though. Be loved. Right. Be willing to be loved. Come out. I, I would love to have him to do like a... Acoustic way, set? Uh, yeah, the way Neil Young... Some, as much as I, I, I don't like Neil Young, I'm, I do like him, but I get angry with him. Neil also approaches his career like, okay, today I'm going to tour with you know this. I'm not going to do anything right. from this album or whatever. Or I'm going to do the whole album or right. whatever. Right. Right, you know, so I agree with you on that. I I can't see Paul doing that. That's the problem. I wish you would be the perfect place. The Beacon would be great. Radio City, would Radio be great. City, so, absolutely. Something, something that's small enough where it's acoustic. You don't have to worry about Guys, the, the show. We've forgotten one big thing. You said should he stop? And the, the listener asked. Andrew asked. That's true. He did his voice. <laughs> Now, wait, let me finish. But I'm thinking all let, of these things let I'm me, saying let would me help the voice. Maybe. But now you're talking about going to a smaller venue. Right. Taking away all the bells and whistles in the back, sure. which add to the show and experience and also hide the imperfections. If you put him in Radio City and he starts warbling where no one's going, ah, like in a stadium, and now he starts doing, and he starts warbling. That's not going to sit well with anybody. But you know what, though? He's not going to warble as much. Uh, you you the don't reason, know that. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I any, disagree with I, you. I think any vocalist of this age, the truth is you're in, the environment contributes to how well or how badly you perform. First of all, he's doing outdoor stadiums. You can't control the in, literally the environment. I, I understand you're that. You're at Radio City Music Hall. You can control the temperature. You can control the humidity. You can control what you're dealing with every night. But at this age, we don't know how it's going to respond. I, that, that's true. And you, you're talking you know about what? a 90-minute show or an, or an hour and 45-minute show. I think both ideas are, are good. I don't expect him to do it until you start seeing maybe bad reviews. He's getting um, bad reviews. I'm, I'm, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, well. He's getting incredible reviews he, 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 from the press. The press it's is the still people up. who are the, who are the hardcores are saying. It's people like us who are saying, well, you know, I'm not going to maybe go see him. But there are other people the who press gladly loves him. Who no gladly right. fill the seat because it's Paul McCartney. That's know. the problem. If we don't buy the tickets, someone else will. Someone will. Ten of people course. will. Yeah, we'll be right behind and going. You won't buy it. I yeah. will. You won't buy yeah. it. I will. My answer is. I think you should scale down. I think you still should do stadium. I really do. I think you should scale down. The problem is you need the experience of a Paul McCartney show, whether that's live and let die with the booms. You know, we're talking about the mass audience here. If daddy's bringing his son, maybe he might need the boom because he doesn't really know live and let die. You know what? I've seen Elton John do the great big show. Yep. And again, don't get me wrong. Elton's voice is shot. But done. I've seen Elton do the big, 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 big shows, mm-hmm. and I've seen Elton vocally 
scrape it during those big, big shows. And then I went to the garden to see Elton completely solo with a piano. That's all it was. What year? Uh, it's going back maybe 15, 16 years ago, but he was already having vocal, major vocal oh, issues okay. during shows. And he took a break. He came out with a piano. He did two hours and 20 minutes with him alone at a piano with a monitor right in front of him so he could hear his voice perfectly, and yeah. he never broke once. Uh. Because the point is, if you're in a small, focused environment with monitors around you, you do a nice acoustic set in the middle, you've addressed your issue. You've taken a little bit of a break, you've, you've structured the songs a little differently. Like he, it or not, ego. That, that he has an ego. of the crowd, yeah. the truth is, no matter who you are as a vocalist, no matter how long you've done it, you are still singing over the roar of that crowd. It doesn't matter whether you've got 600 million watts behind you and 12 monitors pointing at your head. Uh, you are still singing you know, over look, that I saw audience. him at Irving Plaza with a thousand people. And he sounded great. He, well, from what I remember, yeah. Over a thousand people because he, he wasn't having to address 50,000 people that's, with his voice. That's true. Psychologically, it beats the hell out of you as a, as a vocalist. All right, so the final answer is... I think he. I think he should scale it down. Maybe go to smaller venues. Mm -hmm. I don't think he should stop because when you stop being Paul McCartney, I think, and he's not putting out an album a year. I think he's going to lose himself. He's already seventy-five, I agree. and you don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, my father-in-law is eighty-eight, going on eighty-nine. He still owns a store and still works, partly because he would kill himself if, if he had to live with my mother-in-law. Nice. I, I love her, but I mean, also because you know, when you're at that age and you have no purpose, so to speak, you lose yourself. And I know that's why he does it. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to end up being in bed and dying. But I, th I also think that Paul doesn't tour as much as we think. You're right. It's, yeah, it's you're a continuing right. But it's every tour. year, though. It, it is, but it's not like the, the old days where he'd spend, you know... It's you not know, the Grateful Dead. Yeah, you know, a week oh, at, no, the, no, no. at the garden or something. Uh, so it is a different thing as a, as a touring thing. And I, I understand both of you. Should he retire now, I just wish that maybe he changed it. But at this point... If he had done this five years ago, I would expect it or maybe hope for it. Now I just expect what you get. And, well, and if you go see him, you know, enjoy it. And maybe, you know, hopefully maybe, his voice is carried over. Well, maybe you, know? you stop doing carries over, I stop say. doing something that we haven't talked about. Maybe you take out the Helter Skelters in the set and, and you know. Pace your sets better. Well, Helter Skelters is one of the songs where he sounds great. Because he's just screaming. Right. That's but, why. But maybe if you do other songs he's got plenty that he can certainly do that would be as recognizable yes I agree and wouldn't be as taxing on his voice yeah because you well, can't tell me if it, I know he sounds good on Helter Skelter but at the end of the night it's like twist and shout you know it's we're talking about you know everybody's having fun listening to it but I'm sure he goes back in his room and goes he needs a tour where he stops being the musical director yeah. I mean, I know, isn't the other guitar player, quote, one of the musical I, directors? Rusty. I, think, Rusty. I don't know if Rusty or but e, but Either I, way, one of them is the, quote, musical. But no, he needs to not be the musical director, and he needs to not have final say. No. He needs to have a situation where somebody, Rusty or somebody, says, you, you said know what? It, though. He's Paul F. You, you know what, Paul? No, but you know what, Paul? We should do this song, but why don't you take the lower harmony? Uh, maybe. Because Paul ends up trying to... Do Paul He's, McCartney's right. parts and everything, and, it's not and you don't happening. need to, right? You know, he could do I, the well. When you could he do did another day when he did two of us. He did the lower part, and Abe did the high part. Right, you right. could still do that. You can he, do it. He, and, and, and I've got a feeling they sort of switched. And, and you know what? He's. I don't think he's ever done two of us in the states. 
Uh, I think he did yeah. it in uh, an European leg, and yeah. it sounded pretty good. And, it, and if he does the lower part, he could still do it. Right. You know, again, yeah, right. I think it's a little well, ego per- as well. Personally, yeah. you know what? If, if he would have stepped down and go touring, it would maybe give him more time to spend on his catalog. So maybe that would help. Ah, yeah, that's but that's funny. something different. That would, be, right. that, that, would be, that's different. that would be my reason for him to step down, to get the damn catalog. Finished. Well, that's a selfish reason. Well, right. yeah, it is. No, well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Mitchell, give me a number. I'm going to give you 16. Seems to be oh, my man. lucky number. Right. Okay. Right after 15. Here we go. Hi, my name is Sean Nichols, and I was wondering on your thoughts about the state of the bootleg industry, whether there is anything else that's left to come out. It seems like we get a lot of rehashes, and perhaps I should say Dutch import. I don't know. But that's what I'd like to know. Thank you. Oh, geez. The, the future of bootlegs <laughs> in a, a two-minute answer. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, he has a point, though. You know, the bootleg industry is different now, very different now. Extremely, yeah. Now with social media, is there anything called a bootleg anymore, so to speak? Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, there is. There are. Um, there, yeah. yeah, but you know what? In, in regards to the Beatles, and let's stick with the Beatles for now, how much more do we know could come out? Well, um, he said they're scraping right now and rehashes and scraping. When you say they're, that they're scraping... I don't mean... Um, I'm not talking about the 15th take of And I Love Her or Misery. So I mean, what are you talking about? Well, what I I'm mean, saying is, in regards to fresh material surfacing, I personally don't care anymore if there's the 42nd take of Not Guilty coming out because it's different than the first. I mean, that's not that's that's me. Well, okay. I mean, I've always been, obviously, I'm a hardcore collector of yeah. that side of things. Um what I, would intrigue you right now? Well, all right. In answer to the overall question, yeah. no, there's nothing left. Right. I mean, no, you know, there's there's nothing left. There are some takes. There is yeah. going to be take 42 of Not Guilty. Right. I'll give you that. There are take numbers left. That's an obvious thing. Uh, we've seen a lot. Is there anything left? Carnival of Light will never happen. Right. And Hell to Realistically Skelter 27 speaking, minutes. Hell to Skelter the Full will never happen. Uh, might we at some point see a full uncut Meaning everything in the correct order, it's all too much? Probably. Maybe. With all the verses in the right it order, depends. with the full ending. With that we might see. I can, I can see that happening at some point down the road. Well, someone did um, an edit of the available parts, and it's now you know an eight-minute version. It is, but the quality is going to drop oh, when you sure, get to the sure, verse that's only sure. in Yellow Submarine. Right, so right. we need a, a full studio well, we, we need mastered, an unedited, an unedited well, version Well, there is of that. one in the vaults. Obviously, yes, 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 of course. And we need that. But, but where we're going is in terms of what's there. Here's my feeling. We are going to still find a, another live show at some point. I'm convinced of that. There's going to be another live show hiding. Um, I will say this. Um, I'm sure where. I, and I don't know where we'll be by the time this will. will yeah, this, this show will be available within the next month or so. It's all happening on the video side now. There are new video uh, That's elements. what I was going to say. That, but it's still a bootleg. Yeah. It is it's a bootleg, a bootleg. but yeah. it, it's a yeah. different bootleg. Um, the video stuff has been coming out much better. And there seems to be a, a, a jump in the quality in the last few years, I would yeah. say. And, there, and it's not just that, but there's going to be, there's now mind-blowing stuff. Right. And I think that's, that's starting to surface. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to surface in Japan uh, first, and I, I mean, I, I know this because at the time we're recording this, there is now a, quote, sample reel that has been passed around. 
if what's evident in the sampler reel actually comes out, it's going to be, you know, holy doo-doo Batman right. Right. for what we're seeing that's that we're being prepped to have. Right. Um, but will there ever be a, a situation like uh, when you first heard If You've Got Troubles? Never going to happen. Because all the songs have been yeah. basically discovered. Yep. Um, I agree with Mitch. I'm not sure if I want to hear Take 42 of Not Guilty, though it's nice to hear an unedited version. The version of Anthology 3 is yes. was unevenly edited for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, that's a Jeff Emmerich thing. I never understood that. I, th- I think what bootleggers have done, and I'll mention the companies. I'm not sure if they're still around, but their versions of stuff are around. Like when Great Dane came out with the box set, the first box set. Now, there's been others. The BBC. The BBC yeah. stuff. There's been better versions since then. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. that's Purple what, Chick, what yeah. Purple yeah. Chick Purple has come Chick. out with, and then there was uh, the BBC broadcast, and then there was a final one, I believe. Well, there's a final one, and then that's the catch, too. I, I think what they've gone back is the bootleg or the bootlegger mentality has changed in the sense that the older days, they just would put it out and they'd steal from each other. Now it seems to be more of a, because of online, and all this stuff is free yes. online, that it's more of a community putting this together. Very much so. And it's, I think yeah. that's important in the difference of what's come out. Each album had an you know, alternate version, Purple Chick put it out, with every available mix yeah. Yeah. or version of even stuff on Anthology, just to have it on a disc at one place. And I would recommend to listener who... And I would recommend to the listener who called in that question, Sean, Sean, is to visit the forums, go on the Beatle forums, look around for clues that there are forums out there of people who are trading these liberated bootlegs. There are a few of them out there. I don't want to name any names. You've got to go and solicit for membership and and ask to join and things like that. But, you know, you'll find that there's the 24-disc BBC is as comprehensive and as complete, and and there are tracks on there that are cleaner than what we have on the BBC's one and two. Yes. Uh, if you like the BBC stuff, right? If you like the Let It Be stuff, you're going to find Let It Be ABs where where they've combined the A rolls and the B rolls to create stereo Let It Be outs are out there. Um, if you're looking at video stuff, uh, you've got stuff like uh, what is it? His Master's Choice. You've got. Um, other different labels that are floating around with Beatles stuff, Fab ends up knocking off some of those, right, and, and yeah. you, you'll see those floating. And there are some upgrades, some brand new things. There was a stereo Let It Be, where as soon as they get to Apple Studios, it goes stereo, and that was based on a mix that had been floating around a few years ago. So there are still new things happening, but in answer to the question, no, we're done with. There's nothing new under the sun. And, I don't, and that's you know. it's unfortunate, but that you know, and that's just the nature of the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, but there was nothing like going into a store and seeing a, a Beatle album that you didn't know what the hell it was, of course. and it turned out to be a boot. Yeah, especially in the, in the early years, it would be just that garbage covers, you know, the, with, with the, the Xerox. Yeah, but I, or not even. But with the white label, you know, in the later years when it got a little more sophisticated, forget about the CDs, uh, even with the albums. I mean, they were pretty damn good-looking ones. Absolutely. I mean, even casualties and collector's items. Yes. And they had the purple label. Yeah, those capital, were. Yeah, those And were it said promo. And yo, yeah, yeah. And you could really, but but I, it had bootleg stuff I, on I it. I think that the the thrill that we had going into stores where we knew they That's sold done. them, that thrill of oh, is this going to be available? That doesn't really exist anymore. And it can't. Yeah, right. Um, no, it can't. And not it can't with the, anymore. Not with yeah, right. social media. And, it can't. And, and also the other thing, one other thing that. I think changed it a little bit too. Besides the anthology coming out, which you know helped legitimize a lot of things, the Lost Lennon tapes 
when that was on the air. Oh, it was an overload. There was there was so much there. Overload. And, and, it was too much. And John's yeah. stuff, if you think about it, this is probably another two or three anthology boxes if Yoko really wanted to do something of stuff available. Mm-hmm. Whether it's artistic to put it out, that's, I think, another thing. And there's also, we'll probably see upgrades of some of that. There's been a lot of studio outs that have come out over the years from the solo Beatles. Right, right. Where the quality's been so-so. Lennon, there were a ton of studio outs circulating, and they were like, some of them were in mono, some of them the quality was iffy, and they're not like home demos, they're studio that stuff's got to be hiding somewhere too, right? That's so, so you gotta remember, but it's yeah. not as exciting. It, uh, upgrading is not as exciting as Absolutely. finding it for the first time. Yeah. When we first Absolutely. heard those those unsurpassed was, masters, oh, that was, and and you went, oh my god! And, but at that yeah. time, even the March fifth, nineteen sixty three, or whatever it was, March twelfth, yeah, no March fifth, yeah. that one, even though it had four versions of this, five versions of Thank You Girl, fifteen versions of Misery. I was thrilled because still, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. But now I, I think you're right. The times have changed so much that I think the bootleg industry is different, just different. And, and also that once you got past those really early years of the Beatles recordings, which we now have most of those sessions, right. the recording side changed. So yeah. the outtakes, quote unquote, right. are going to be different. You're not, you know, you're going to hear, what, what do you want? Do you want 40 minutes of, of George laying down his lead guitar track for... You know, it, it's just different. The way they recorded changed. So the so the bootlegs of later era stuff are going to be very different. But, right. but what I so. do want, though, and I found intriguing, is when Danny released the Here Comes the Sun with that Lost George solo. Oh, yeah. See, that's something different. Yeah. That's not yeah. a different take. That's a different song Yeah. because of yeah. that little solo. How much more of that is out there? We don't know. Mark Lewison would probably know yeah. because maybe there yeah. are different solos to other songs that... Didn't work, obviously, because they were right, released, right. but we would still find it intriguing. So, sure. I, I don't know. Maybe there is a fresh put out thing mogs, Put out multi-track mogs of every single Beatles song. Yeah, okay. Let us mix that, it ourselves. That would be yeah, fun. Right. That, that's something else. Anyway. Anyway, let's get All right. in. That was so, good. that was good. Thank you for that question. Sean, thank you. And uh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, turn. all right. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go into the single digits. Let's pick number four. Hey guys, my name is Ian. I'm calling, uh, well, maybe this is more of a show suggestion, oh. show idea suggestion than anything else. But uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on Beatles and solo uh, children's projects. So huh. things, you know, there, there are certainly songs. Uh, you could say Yellow Submarine, but uh, also the Beatles cartoons, obviously, uh, which I know at least one of you is a major fan of. But then, you know, also other stuff like Ringo's uh, narration for Thomas the Tank Engine, for example, and then Paul's various projects. Songs like Mary Had a Little Lamb, We All Stand Together, Tropic Island Hum, the animations, his upcoming children's project, and so on. And then songs that John uh, wrote uh, for his sons, uh, you know, Mr. Hyde, Don't Be Afraid, uh, Beautiful Boy. Uh, and then going back to the Beatles, Good Night, Hey Jude, uh, you could consider as a, a, a song for a child as well. So, I don't know, any, any thoughts on any of that kind of stuff? Octopus's Garden may be in there as well. So, Thoughts on any of the children's projects that they've done over the years, and do they add anything more to their, their overall canon than the rest of the music already does, which obviously a lot of it is very appealing to children anyway. So uh, I'd love your thoughts on that. Maybe it's a whole show in itself, or maybe it's just a quick uh, two-minute answer. So thanks so much for a great show. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to just say, honestly, I think that is an idea for a full show. I, I, I definitely I, do. I agree. So I'm going to acknowledge that first. But why don't we turn around and just say off the top. Okay. Uh, let's well, quickly do maybe favorite 
children's projects or children's things. And Rob, if you had a specific well, idea I, in mind, I first so thought, let's address that as a full show at some point. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with so. that. I mean, to me, you know, anything you can sing along with is it can be considered children-like because, or or likable for children because kids tend to like sing-alongs where they they back and forth clapping and singing and and doing that. I would love to find the Thomas the Tank stuff. I know he released some stuff, and I every time I buy something that says Thomas the Tank a cassette, he's not on it. So, right, and you right. get George Carlin. Yeah, I, I mean, so I I loved him as Mister Conductor. I watched a little of that when it was on uh, PBS. Good night. I would love to hear the John version of him singing. Jeff Emmerich talked about mm-hmm. uh, he did a vocal of that. Oh, and there's there's another bootleg thing that we right, don't that, have that right. goes back to the last question. Right. There you go. So. True. Only because I think, you know, in 1968, John Lennon was a different person than he was in 1980. And I'd like to hear how he approached, you know, specifically writing a song for his child, which, you know, Good Night was for. Well, that's interesting, for too, in terms of doing this idea as a whole show, is the right. idea of their approaches to the right. stuff. I, I'll never forget playing a gig with, with my band at a, like an outdoor picnic thing with a lot of families around. And one was really big. At the time, and I, what I found really wild was I looked around, and when eight days a week came on, all the kids did the clap. Right. Yeah, right. Hold me, bap, bap. And right. I went, what? It was a kid participation thing, and you never think of that song in a million years as being, you know, is all together now a children's song? Yeah. 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 Can I take my friend to bed? If you're an innocent uh, child, it's that's what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think, for me, the the missing children's thing that I would love to see that I've never seen in my life, I've never seen Scouse the Mouse. Yeah. I've never and seen and that exists. That's a full, was a fully produced special. I've never seen it. And he did like eight songs for it, too. He did a bunch of songs for so, it. Yeah. I mean, I- I, I would know, love to- you know, I have uh, the soundtrack. I mean, I have the songs, but- just to hear him do a mouse like me below. Anyway, we should turn yeah. into a man like me for yeah for for a bad boy. Bad but uh, anyway, there are some really cool children's projects. Uh, to me, the one I want to hear is Scouse the Mouse, and I thought the Frog Chorus was great as a cartoon. I didn't like the song oh, like, I love on the on yeah, the. I like, the, I like, well, I, I like it. I don't like that it's on Pure McCartney. That's probably my yeah, problem. Well, okay. But I do but like that the is song. Pure and McCartney. And I, love, is. I love the cartoon. I love the Rupert the Bear cartoon. Yeah, I, I so, Rupert the Bear. And, and uh, Mitchell, you might have some comment about. Uh, well, I, I do. I mean, I, I have a different take on things. I'm not going to talk about like things like All Together Now and Good Night and Octopus's Garden. For me. Beetle projects for kids. I I would endorse anything anything that would bring the Beatles' music to the younger generation, in order for it to perpetuate. Sure. So for me, yes. I mean, obviously the the Beatle cartoons. Okay, well, you know, that's pretty obvious for me. But honestly, and. Even if you put them out today, I don't give a damn which ones you put out. You know, if you're on PC, you're, I don't care. But I really do feel that that if they come out, you'll lead the kids into the Beatles because of the music, which is the ultimate in what they should be doing. But there are a couple of projects that I feel were really good and brought a lot of young kids into the Beatles. A few years ago, there was the Wonder Pets and... They did the Wonder Pet Save the Beatles, B-E-E-T-L-E-S, but it was the guy doing the uh, 
Voices for All or Most of the Beatles, so to speak, was a former member of the cast of Beatlemania, um, uh, Lenny Colaccino. And that brought a lot of kids into Beatle music. But that was not, not a Beatles No, it wasn't project. a Beatles project, right. but it was a Beatles project, so to speak. Yeah, so it interestingly wasn't, enough... It wasn't the Beatles doing it, but it was someone right. else bringing Beatle music to kids. And, and so I think that Beatles may project. be more successful than the idea of the Beatles... Correct. ...child-related stuff bringing children to the Which Beatles. is what I was trying to get at. There's another thing. Don't the Powerpuff Girls. Got love. Well, Powerpuff the Powerpuff yeah. Girls was also, but that didn't bring their the music Beatles. into the. They didn't license their music. No, true. Yeah. So true. as much more of a parody than yeah. You know, trying to bring something to years from now, the kids will be like twenty and they'll be watching, going back to watch, and they'll catch ah. those old Beatles. Now yeah. on Netflix right now, there's something called the Beat Bugs. It's a kid show, and it does use Beatle music, new versions of Beatle music, but they did get the licensing from Sony to use it. And that's, you know, it's a very little kid's show where they've got bugs who are, you know, uh, singing Beatle songs and doing adventures based on Beatle songs. Sort of like the Beatle cartoons, except not with the Beatles in it, just with bugs. But it's called the Beat Bugs. So, you know, stuff like that I'm, I'm all in favor of. You know, and who knows in the future what could come out that could... Again, bring the Beatles to a younger generation to live on. I mean, uh, you know, again, the Beatles singing kids' types of songs is great, but as you said, I think for the future generations, I think you need to bring the Beatle music to the younger generation, and anything that does that, I'm in favor of. So, Well, I, I think the ultimate one would be the movie Yellow Submarine for kids. I, I remember sending that years ago to my cousin, and he played it for his kid, and the kid was just mesmerized by it. And I think that movie is just the natural bridge. You were mentioning, you know, the beat bugs, which I didn't know about. But that's a, a good way, too. It depends on how music's used in a movie or other outside. It's not going to be... I think kids will know, find out about stuff about the Beatles, not through the direct music, but being used in something else that they connect it to. Yes. A movie, yeah. a cartoon... Uh, commercial even. And I think that's where kids will find it a little more interesting and maybe a little more in inclusive that it's being heard someplace else. Right. Instead of maybe right. just hearing your parents play it. Right. Uh, or maybe. you or sitting down playing Beatles stuff for the kid. Kid, learn this stuff. Right. It's the greatest music in the world. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah, right. But if you heard it in a... Con you know, different uh, context. Some, yeah, it would, yeah, it would be different. So I And think, not forced upon you. Right, and I think that's part of it. So I think that's uh, the important way of, of getting someone else, of, or especially a kid, into it. So I, we diverted a bit off the question, yeah, which is but, okay. But I, but I think we, it well, is I think going we're to be saving that as a future. topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely addressing the things that the Beatles did as children's or could be music. interpreted as children. Yeah, yeah something for so uh, something to look forward to in the future. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like Thank that. you, sir. That was Thank very, you, very nice, Ian. And uh, now I go back to Rob Leonard. Rob, give me a number. Uh, let's go to uh, number seven. Oh. Hi, I am curious what you guys would make of all of the times we hear about how miserable, say, the White Album sessions were and the Let It Be sessions were, uh, actually the Get Back sessions, of course, uh, and Abbey Road. But, you know, you hear uh, Jeff Emmerich quits during White Album and then Ken Scott takes over and talks about how great they were. Uh, we hear how miserable all the Beatles were during the Get Back sessions. And Glenn John says how fun they were and how great they went. 
uh, and other people talk about how difficult the Abbey Road sessions are, and George Martin or Alan Parsons says that they were really great, and uh, I just kind of was interested in how you got, what your guys' take on that is, because we get these conflicting reports, but it seems like producers or engineers are always coloring it to be really fun, and and I know the fun must have been there, uh, and you can see it even in the Let It Be film, but it seems like it's kind of this odd difference of description, and so, again, I'd be curious what you guys make of that. Thanks. Well, we don't know who that was, but thank you very much for your question. You know what? Uh, the one thing I will say is that, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the only thing out of the three albums you mentioned, the only thing we have uh, a visual is Let It Be. And that was edited the way it was edited, whether it was edited good or not. Um, you know, we've seen, obviously, outtakes. I think so, Michael Lindsay Hogg chose to make a statement, quote unquote. The movie maybe. was Yeah, was being it, it put wouldn't have been as good if it was happy. Yeah, well, I, don't I mean think it, like it would that. have been. I think, I think it would have been, been better. Good, if not better. Yeah, but, but, but I don't think that's where he was going. No, I don't think it would the have. The band was breaking up. You can't be like, we're all happy, but we're breaking up anyway. Um, so uh, maybe you could, but I don't know. But So we don't have any visuals for the White Album. We don't have any visuals for Abbey Road. The only thing I will say uh, is that John was away for most of Abbey Road. Right. Um, well, as far as the White Album, I don't know. I mean, the problem is that you know, the Beatles may have thought one way, you know, and in their own head, they might have said, oh, you know, this sucks. I can't believe I have to go into the other room, small closet, and record Helter Skelter while Paul's in the other one or John's in the other one. Or, whereas the engineers who are working on it, they may not have seen all the inner stuff that the Beatles were going through turmoil-wise. You, yeah. So, you know, they're not privy to that when the Beatles are, quote, in the toilet together. And I don't mean literally in the toilet. But they might be talking together and, and, you know, having conversations that maybe Ken Scott or Glenn Johns or Emmerich are not privy to. Right, so right. they're going to look at the sessions. They're going to hear the music they're engineering and say, sounds great. I mean, that's the Beatles. Yeah. And, and whereas the Beatles might be, you know, having a crappy day and might not have been as happy as they could have been. And John could have remembered, I had to do Maxwell Silver Hammer a million, billion times. I hated it. But then it comes out beautiful. And the engineer of the album, and George Martin, says, well, it sounded great. It came out perfect. So it, it depends on who you're asking. Well, you know, look, at, look at Obla Di Obla Da. Right. They couldn't get it right. John comes in pissed off, and he hits the opening notes yes. on the piano. Yeah, and Paul gonna... goes, that's it. Now, Paul yeah. thinks that's a great moment because his song right. just got better. John is is out of frustration, right? And he and, still hates the song, and, and he doesn't right. like the song. Though, then again, if you listen to the song, if you didn't know that, if you never listen to any interviews with John Lennon, he sounds ecstatic on that song. Yeah, he sounds really happy. But they it. always yeah. said that's what the magic of the Beatles was. Right. Once you get to the music, the other crap ends. There's there's two thoughts that come so. to mind. First of all, it's that whenever whenever you talk to anybody in a band that's touring, that's out on the road touring. And, I, and this post-Beatles, I'm talking about bands touring now, even. The deal is always, the traveling sucks, the hotels suck, the food sucks, everything sucks. All we live for is the minute the opening chord hits and we're actually playing. For that hour and 45 minutes we're on the stage is, is ecstasy. So the idea is, the engineers saw the Beatles playing music. Mm. That's when it's all fine. I think the problem as to why we keep applying how this was a horrible period for them, and I don't want to put the blame all on one person, no. but it starts with Peter Brown. 
You know, I think I think mm. the, the love you make crap and all that stuff, because now what we're doing is we're applying the idea that what was happening in the boardroom was always spilling out into the session. Which we know from people like Ringo have but said it. No, it didn't happen. It didn't always well, happen that way. Paul has said that, but well, the Ringo first person it. really to bring it up was John Lennon. When he yes. Was 70, yeah, he was sure. Jan Wenner, yeah, and then even, Lennon remembers, And right. even part of the 80 Playboy interview where he, he talks about Let It Be and he talks about... Um, the winter of our discontent. Right, and, right. But I think it starts really with John. And, but at the same time, if you listen to Paul... He's always sort of like Let It Be. You know, he, he yeah. thinks it as yeah. a... But he's was, always been the more optimistic He was. Guy. He wasn't as honest as... George George was a little more but I blunt think he about it. I mean, uh, yeah, he did quit in the middle of it. But, and so did Ringo. And so did Ringo during the... And I think when you mentioned guys like Ken Scott, well, think about it. You're now taking over the top band at EMI. Yeah, you're going to have happy memories. You're going to have good memories about it. But again, I will say this, though, to address your point there... You know, what do you do about the idea that one of the members quit right, right. during the well, White Ringo, Album? Right. One of the members right, quit right. during the making of... Le- so, truth be told, no matter what the engineers are saying, no matter what the band members are saying, you know what? Nobody quit during Rubber Soul. No. Yeah, there was dissent. You know, so I, so I hate to say, as much as we can, you know, I'm, they again, I'm playing devil's lot, advocate here. But, but, also, but reality evolved. But they also but spent a lot less time recording Rubber Soul. They spent a month and a half recording. That well, doesn't matter, though. They no, were in but, a happier but, place. That's but, all. Yeah, that's true. But they the were same younger, time, a happier place. It was two years. You know, the White Album was, was over four months, and there were lots of parts where... Where things are changing personally for each one of them. That's the other issue. And, and that's Absolutely. I think that's part of it too. The way they recorded too. You know, when they went to eight track, they didn't have to be in the same room. Right. So does that mean that John not being there is because he doesn't like the song or is it you know, he already recorded his bit? We don't know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Right. And I right. think th- there's a lot of things to say about having different views of how the Beatles continued as a working band and then finally get to the point where they just can't work with each other anymore. Look, when when you've been in a relationship, a musical relationship like that for a couple of years, yeah. and, and I saw it being in, it just being in a lousy you know bar cover band for however many years we were together. The first couple of years, somebody brings in a song, you don't necessarily love it, but you kind of go, oh, you know what? Someone so really wants to do it. It's fun. You know what? Let's try it. I'm the lead singer. I don't really love it. I can hit it, sort of. I may miss some notes here and there. Yeah. It's not me at my best, but you know what? So-and-so really wants to do it. Let's just do Let's it. it. What the hell? And then you try it. Well, once you're together for five or six years, it becomes, you know what? Screw this. I'm the lead singer. I'm the one that's got to sing it. You know what? Sorry. I can't do I it. I going to do it. You're approaching. It's a familiarity breeds contempt. Yep. Uh, John was going to be outwardly hostile toward an Obladio Blada or a Maxwell Silver Hammer. You know what? John might not have liked I'll Follow the Sun. I, I'm sure he did. But point being, if he didn't, he wasn't going to bitch about it in 1964. No. You know, five years later when, oh, when geez. Well, well, he, also, yeah. he also changed his, his output about how he created art. Of course. And music. Yeah. And, well, and, that's, again, and, that's and, the and part that's of the that, That's part of Yoko yeah. being there. That's not her changing anything. But John thought his music is art now and yes. his output yeah. all of a sudden anything before that didn't count yeah in many yeah. ways and so i think that's part of it too you know what if if i was an engineer and and if i'm ken scott and all of a sudden you know with me I'll, I'll, i get to hang out this is great right, you know? right. so yeah uh, so it depends on who yeah. you ask who you but, ask, you know, yeah. but quite honestly we know from inside chat on bootlegs and stuff that there was dissension no matter what definitely so definitely you know, but 
Again, yeah. do we care about that, or do we? Does care that about mean they they had to stop music? There's other reasons why they stopped making music. Right, right. but again, I, I don't think do we that, care about the dissension, or right. do we care about the finished product? I don't think the dissension in the studio alone was going to have ended the Beatles. No, no me neither. No, Not at all. I, so I that's, totally I mean, that's that. probably the final way to. That yeah. is the best way to look right. at it because with something that big, and I mean just musical. It doesn't just fall apart because it's not working in the studio. Right, right. It's, you know, we don't because Yoko sat on an amp. Um, It's not because of that. All right. So one last question. Here we go. All right. Mitch Axelrod, give me a number. Uh, I'm going for double do 22. Hey, guys. This is Kid O'Toole, author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, and longtime fan of you guys of the Fab Three. Yeah, yeah right. My question concerns an album that was released a few years ago, Uh-oh. specifically 2012, when uh, George Harrison's Early Takes Volume 1 was released. And my question is, are we going to see a sequel? And if uh, so, when? Shit. And assuming we are going to see a sequel... What kinds of material and demos would you like to see on such a future compilation? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Kit. Thanks, Kit. Oh, (laughs) man. Are we going to see the sequel? Well, that's number one. That's uh, volume one. Only the Harris knows. Only only Olivia knows whether or not. And Danny knows whether or not. Right now, as of this taping, Danny has been on Facebook promoting what appears to be and was announced as a remastered vinyl box set, which we don't need. We I'm don't, sorry. We don't need uh, it. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't need it. No, uh, no reason to apologize. He's, he's very proud of it, too, Danny. Yes, yes. And he should be. It's his dad, and, and he's remastering his dad's stuff. And, and you know what? If anything's... I, I want to say this. We don't need it, Rob. I know that. If know. anything is going I to bring agree. George Harrison's music to the current the, the generation, generation's gonna, it's going to be putting it out on vinyl. I agree. Yes, I but, agree I, but, that. no. but that's part of the reason because the new generation has accepted the vinyl again. That's the problem. It's going to be a box set that's going to be 300 bucks. Yeah, right. With, that's with, the it's problably got a nice pretty book and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, 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 but you know what? But and, the younger generation doesn't now, care about that. A year, but that's catering to us. Uh, okay. A year from now, they're going to come out individually on 180 gram vinyl and they're going to be 20 bucks a shot like everything else you hope yeah but you, you know what so, Tony I, I gotta know. be honest with you just I don't think it, it's too get, long it's well, yeah, too getting long. back to early takes volume one it was great it was 28 minutes of music or so about that yeah, about that. Uh, pathetic which, yeah, oh, yeah, well yeah it was pathetic considering that you could have put a lot more on it yeah they threw us a bone because the documentary was out should have been a friggin bonus disc with the with the DVD. the DVD yeah yeah right uh, yeah. anyway that being said, will we see a volume two? As I said, he's preparing the box set. We have not heard anything about a volume two. And if two. it does come out, yeah. will it be called volume three? That's uh, just to screw the it. That's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, anyway. but, but even if, the problem is, guys, that how much longer are we going to tolerate? And I mean, Beatle fans and the mass audience doesn't know about the length of time, but how much longer are we going to tolerate the ineptness, or I shouldn't say ineptness, or just the the way they're taking their time on releasing things. We want everything, and I know what they're doing, but it seems to me that they're doing the wrong thing. They're losing a lot of opportunities. Yes. That's really what it I, comes I, down to. And it doesn't to. always have to be, you know what, yeah. Danny doesn't have to remaster the early takes volume two. He can have someone do it for him. That We're talking about demos. It's not like his dad's finished hmm. product. So you, demos are demos. You can remaster them and have anybody do it. For, as far as the, the albums, I understand why he's getting involved. But 
with the early takes volume two, someone else should be doing them. Yes. And quite honestly, Ken there Scott. should be one album out a year. Because George has the, the, the Abco tapes alone are, are three of those albums. Just yeah. r- for those who don't know, there's a, a great bootleg called Beware of Abco. Which was all which the old things basically must pass. All things yeah. must pass. I agree with you there. I do know that at one point George didn't like the idea of all his outtakes coming out. Then he changed his mind when he talked to Timothy White, talked about Portrait of a Legend, yes. right. yeah. that thing. And then he maybe changed back his mind again, which I think he might have. But why would they release Volume 1? Well, I agree and you with know that. What? I agree we... with that. But, but I think the part of the problem is how much did George want out? And did he leave? You know, supposedly he left notes about this stuff. He did. He sat down and said, I don't want th- well, this or that. So are they going to follow George to the word? Are they going to say, well... We Dad, don't even know what his word is. Well, we don't know, but let's say there was something, some really good stuff, but you know, old George didn't want it out. Well, you know, where does his wishes come in, and where does you know this is a really good song? We should put it out. Type yes. Of thing. No, I think yeah. they're going to abide yeah. by his wishes. I think so too. It's but my then, own feeling. But I think George, out of all the people, is like that. You know, Ringo's catalog is Ringo's catalog. John's stuff's basically been redone. I Paul mean, has taken lot. forever. Because literally he's going through every tape and every picture, and and, it, and maybe that's part of his healing process right, of, from right, from many right. things, not just Linda, but just from being a musician in the seventies. Yeah. I don't know. For me, if you if you take what uh, you know what Kit said literally, and you say what would we want to see on it, it's difficult because when it comes to the early takes idea, there was so much on early takes that we didn't know existed before. Yes, yeah. oh, uh, wow. from yeah. you know from the bootlegs and stuff Some like amazing that. Amazing stuff. Um, I do agree that Beware of Abco is an amazing source. You have stuff like Nowhere to Go and Cosmic Empire yeah. and things like that that are maybe unfinished, but they're but that's also what a demo is. really worth hearing. But you also have, like, to me, you know, where would you fit or could you fit something like Abandoned Love on there? The Bob Dylan cover of St. John the Evangelist, Abandoned Love, whatever you want to call it. Every Grain of Sand was the other one. Every Grain of Sand was the other one, yeah. Even I Don't Want to Do It. Even the rehearsal of If Not For You, which we have on video, of of Bob and George. That's a beautiful take of the song. Have we ever gotten a release version of I Don't Want to Do It? Oh yeah, we did. Yes, the, we did on, 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 on Porky's Revenge. Yeah, and yeah on on Let it no, roll. Porky's Revenge. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking on the Harrison release. Yeah. No, but uh, but, let it roll. but still let it roll. though, but the early but, takes is is stuff we never had. It wasn't right. No, I'm just I, right. right. So I agree with you, but but, but you know, I think I, I don't think, know where their priorities lay. And I think very importantly, I think you'd give it to Ken Scott. I think it would be the main person should have his hands if in there. If you're going to do, um, or you have it, or just Ken Scott and Jeff Lynne working on it together. And you put together a, a Harrison package, as you said, take it out of the hands of the family. I mean, not necessarily Danny. Danny I, can have his. But I don't say take it necessarily out of their let, hands. But let other people have the involved. judgment call. Yeah. Let other people say, you know what? Look, maybe George said, but Danny, listen. You said to in this. A, in a, you said about Paul not being the producer or the uh, musical director anymore. Right. You got to do the same thing with this. With George, they're too stuff. close to it. Absolutely. And and I know I, I understand it. You know, he's only been gone fifteen years or so, and right. and, and it's, it's been. You know, but he would have his opinion may very well have changed drastically in that Correct. 15 years. And Yoko always looks at John's material. I've said this before. Yoko looks at says, you know what? John might have changed his mind. And John might have felt, and John was softening up about the Beatles when he when he died. Yeah, he does. I'm sorry, but yeah, George he said he may was going to do Beatles songs in concert. Right. <laughs> so you know what? George might have had a different take on it by now. No pun intended. So, Kit, in answer to the question, we don't know. I would love to I have seen an unspectered, or, quote, early takes of All Things Must Pass based on things like the triple disc boot that and came all out. All Things Must Pass stripped. 
all things was passed stripped down. That would be wonderful for early takes. I, I'm not sure if that happens just by the way the production happened on that record. It does, yeah. Uh, it, but there's a, but I, I yeah. think what got me about early takes was Let It Be Me. And yeah. no, we yeah. didn't know about that. Let It Be Me was a revelation. And I still remember when Mitch and I saw the movie and we heard that, we just looked at each other and Wow. Oh, I, yeah. I absolutely. That, but, gorgeous. And, and you know what? That wasn't a demo. That was like a full version yep. there. Absolutely so, gorgeous. But again, what's you know, the priorities of the Harrison estate? Yes. We don't, you know, yeah. And we'll never know. No. Uh, I, I, I don't like when I see Danny with the, uh, look what I got today. And he's got the test pressings for right. the vinyl. Good for him. And I, I appreciate what he's doing. But give us something else as well. This is going to go to one set of fans. This is going to go to another. Seems- and the one that they, they make like an early takes volume two, even if it's 30 minutes again or whatever, we'll still be happy again with that Absolutely. because it's something. Yeah. You know, we've, yeah, it, it, George has been gone a while. We got brainwashed and early takes. Yeah, that's that's it. it. That's it. I yeah. mean, other than his remastering of everything and, right. and a couple of videos on DVD, big deal. We, right. That's it. Right. And I know they don't want to bastardize his catalog but give us something, yeah. and no, not no, something, but, yeah. 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 So so thank you, Kit, for that question. That Appreciate about it. wraps it up for this edition of uh, our Taking Listener Calls. We will have a listener call uh, show number three and maybe four, maybe five. Well, maybe uh, we might call them seven, coming. nine, and 12. Very you know. nice, just for fun, yeah. Oh, that's right. We shouldn't have called this volume two. We should have called it volume three. Exactly. Anyway. Um, so we will. So from us at Fab Four Free For All, from us to you. Um, no, you had to do it. Yeah, I had to do it. I have been your moderator, Tony Chiguardo. Joining me as they always do have been... Rob Leonard. And... Harry Georgeson. And we will see you next week. Bye. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free-For-All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free-For-All. Go ahead. I can hear me. I can hear you. I can hear me. How am I? Is it okay? I don't know. Is it, am I a robot? Domo arigato, Mr. Robot. No, it's much better now. Domo, 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 domo. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> domo. I originally thought he was going to ask about the Beatles' kids. <laughs> oh, how funny. No, 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 no. And, and I wasn't going to really care the way other people care. Uh, you know, I think the, the kids' stuff is just as important as the actual Beatles' stuff. That's never been my way. I appreciate what 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 Danny does, what Sean does, what we've uh, Mitch and I've seen uh, James live. Well, you know, Julian, you and I saw Julian back in '85. Yeah, uh, I have no problem. Well, you did too. At I have post no, here, yeah, at post. I have no problem with um, what the kids are doing, what Stella's doing. I love Mary's photography, but that's not what he asked. I know. That's what I thought he was asking. Um, but you gave a two-minute answer on when he didn't ask. I know. I know. I'm just saying. That's Get what I, th- I thought. 